Dudes watch Disney podcast. We watch films and have a blast. Rank them all from first to last. It's our podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dudes Watch Disney podcast. I'm Jake. And I'm Dustin. And this is our first, like, normal opening in a while. Uh, unfortunately, I have nowhere to go with it from here, so... Hi! <laughs> it's so much pressure being normal, we don't know what to do. Yeah, I know. Well, we just did a total ramble episode before this, and the episode before that was also pretty rambly. And this one probably will be, too, I can already I mean, guess. we can't change who we are. Like, we're gonna ramble. It's true. Rambler's gonna ramble. Rambling man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> However that goes. Ram- rambling guy right yeah man is i was brothers. like almond brothers yeah <laughs> those are the lyrics to the almond brothers one <laughs> uh we're talking about who framed roger rabbit today which is kind of sort of disney it's one of those you know in between kind of films uh disney actually purchased the rights to the film shortly at, it's based on a book so that shortly after the book was produced disney was like we got to do something with this but it was 80s disney so they also had no idea what to do with it so they just kind of sat on it for a while and then eventually had the bright idea to bring in steven spielberg and his own production company uh amblin entertainment and amblin is the ones that actually did all the production and disney uh, i think just kept the merchandising rice which feels like a pretty disney move but at the same time i don't feel like i've ever seen any merch from this movie in the past 30 years roger rabbit isn't showing up in fucking kingdom hearts and shit so i don't (laughs) i don't know what disney's really gotten out of this investment but well i think getting the rights was a good idea though like with a book like this like so you've got a book the characters are cartoons someone's gonna think like hey what if we put mickey mouse in this so like right away if you're disney you want to like swoop that up just to control it to make sure nobody else is like putting your characters in something you don't want them to be in yeah i can only imagine the amount of like behind the scenes like businessmen red tape discussions and shit that had to happen for this film to actually be made um because i know a little bit from the trivia that i read <laughs> about how uh they demanded both warner brothers and disney demanded that their characters get equal time mm-hmm. and so that's why they're almost always in pairs to make sure they get equal time so daffy and donald and bugs and and mickey and if you're not familiar with this film uh which have we even said what movie we're doing? I said, who framed like... Roger Rabbit right at the beginning? Oh, okay. Oh, okay, good, good, good. If you're not familiar with this film, uh, it was a big deal. It made a ton of money. It was a massive blockbuster hit in the 80s, and it gets a lot of credit for, you know, things Little Mermaid also gets credit for, with which is like rejuvenating Disney animation and bringing about the Disney renaissance and all that. And this movie predates uh, Little Mermaid by about a year, I think, and it apparently uh was the most the thing boomers love the most was this fucking movie when it came out because it just revitalized all american love in old animation and old characters and all that kind of stuff well that was my thought watching it like Mm. this is pretty cool like i'd never seen it before you know watching it for for today's episode Mm -hmm. and so watching it i was thinking like man this would be so cool if you were like 30 in 1988 when this came out and like you grew up with the Warner Brothers cartoons in a way that, like, I watched them when I was little, but I don't feel, like, super attached to them in the same way that right. you would, you know, if you were born in 1958, you know? Yeah, and there's there's also characters like Betty Boop and, like, Droopy Dog and shit in there, and it's like, I have no connection with them, and it's like, I know who they are from, like, license plates and greeting cards and shit, but... 
shitty Walmart t-shirts. Yeah. I, I love my attitude problem or something like that. <laughs> sounds about right but yeah so we didn't own this film uh growing up at all like i didn't see it i saw it before you but i saw it when i was like 20 maybe would have been the first time so i was wondering like how much you knew going into this were you aware of like what the hook was to it at all or what to expect i mean from the title i assumed there was a a rabbit named roger and he was going to be framed um, and I had heard that, you know, that Mickey and, and, uh, Bugs were both in it. And so we've got some sort of like Warner Disney crossover and that's, uh, Bob Haskins, Hoskins, I don't know, Hoskins, Hoskins, right? <laughs> Hoskins uh, is in it. And like, I know him from the Mario Brothers movie. So <laughs> yeah, and that's Hook. as much as I know. And He's Hook. also in yeah. Hook. He is in Hook. And so I had much like when we watched, uh, Oh, what was the other one that we watched where I had no knowledge going in? Um, the Black Cauldron. Well, yeah, but I did watch that one in 2009 or whatever. I thought there was something else we watched where I was like, I don't even know what this is going to be about. Secret of Secret Nim. of Nim. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, much like Secret of Nim, I came in with no knowledge going on of like, or going into the movie of like, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Who, you know, who can I expect to see in this movie? What, you know, I, I guess I had seen Jessica Rabbit before um, as well. And all your internet searches? No, but I have some familiarity with at least who that is. Like. Sure. Bob Hoskins is cool. I always liked him. He uh, apparently, he's dead now, but apparently his the Mario Brothers movie was like his biggest regret ever. <laughs> he, there was some interview where it's like, what would you have done differently in your career? I wouldn't have done the Mario Brothers movie. Do you have any regrets? Yes, the Mario Brothers movie. Like, he gave the same answer for like five different questions. It is, like, an uh, an astonishing movie. Like, just, like, why why did you decide to make it this way? Like, I mean, I get mm. the, like, actual plot of Mario Brothers. It's kind of odd, too. Like, this well, why is this minimal. plumber fighting lizards and right. little poop monsters? But, you know, you could have just stuck with the little poop monsters, though. Like, the whole, like, Mario Brothers movie is just bizarre. I'm not convinced it's a bad movie. It's definitely a bad Mario movie. But yes. And just as weird. a movie itself, I always thought it was cool. Like this weird, like cyberpunk, like weird fungus is taking people over and they're on a. Yeah, they've got like the de evolution Devo gun or whatever. Dinosaurs are like the dominant species instead of mammals. And I don't know. It's. Yeah, fun all and that weird. is cool. It just doesn't have anything to do with like. Right. At the same time, why is Yoshi a velociraptor? Like. When, like, if you wanted to make a, like, combination live-action CGI version of that today, it would be awesome. Like, have a little plumber guy, and he's little, and then he gets big, and then he, like, jumps on, you know, jumps on people. I'm imagining, like, Jack Black playing Mario. Like, <laughs> Well, I have good and bad news. They are making a Mario movie, but it's being made by the Minions folks, so, so settle in for that one. Will it have Jack Black as Mario, though? I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised. That's something I could see them doing, but I don't know. <laughs> Back to Roger Rabbit. Uh, this one ended up being directed by Robert Zemeckis. Uh, pretty big deal in Hollywood. You know, big close buds with Steven Spielberg. Um, Polar Express guy. Back to the Future would probably be the main thing. Yeah, I haven't seen that, First though. So Polar Express to. is where I go with that. Forrest Gump. Um, well, that's Spielberg, though. Spielberg did that, right? No? Nope. That was Zemeckis. I, I've got Zemeckis's IMDb page right. here for director. Castaway. Never seen it. Contact? You ever seen no. Contact? 
It's lame as hell. I had to watch it in high school. I don't know why people like it. No, but I do like, uh, what's the other one with, like, uh, Amy Adams? And, like, she's got to learn to talk to the aliens and learn, she's like a linguist. Uh, Arrival, maybe? I'm not familiar with that one. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. I -hmm. heard it was It's on the Hulu. Or it was, Mm -hmm. you know, two years ago when I watched it. (laughs) So the the main appeal of this movie, um, in addition to the fact that it was, you know, licensed characters interacting with each other um just the fact that live action and animated characters you know on a big budget thing like this would have been the coolest shit ever in 1988 and is not really that interesting when you grew up in the 90s and like you know you've seen things like fucking space jam or like even fucking blues clues like (laughs) it's not like computer animated shit interacts with actors all the time in every movie ever made in the last 20 years but yeah, I feel like we've definitely lost some appeal over time there with this film. Maybe because I was just comparing it to like the other Disney uh, crossovers that we've seen with live action and animated, and like thinking of like Three Caballeros and like <laughs> yeah, uh, any of those other. Some progress has been made since then, <laughs> right? So I was just like, hey, it looked pretty good for '88. Like, yeah, I don't think it looks bad, but it's just like there's no like jaw dropping uh, appeal to that anymore. I'd say. And in watching it, I enjoyed the uh, the the noir aspects of it, of, like, you gotta mm-hmm. solve this mystery, and, like, I think it'd be even cooler if, like, we added some, like, narration to it to go full in good, with, yeah. the, with the noir, where... Which is what we advocate in literally every movie. Well, I know, but in this case, just having Valiant, like, do, you know, what a detective would do in those movies, where, like, yeah. you know, just sort of narrating what's going on at all times. And then working a little bit more on the mystery, like, it's pretty clear right away who is the bad guy in this movie <laughs> from his first appearance. And from who's playing him, like... <laughs> well, that, too, where I think it could have been a little more fun to, like, make it more of a mystery if we're going to go down the, the noir road instead of just sort of hinting at it. Yeah, there's, um, there's like, a whole lot of aspects of this film that I really enjoy, but I'm not entirely sure I enjoy the film as a whole anymore. <laughs> like, I guess first time watching it, I thought, hey, that was cool, but then I went, like, five years without watching it again, and then I saw it again and went, hey, that was cool, and then I watched it five years later <laughs> yesterday, you know? But, like, something, like, I guess because the plot is, like, oddly complex in a way I wasn't expecting from this film. Like, land development is a huge sub part of the subplots, and, like, uh, we've got these various producers that are working against each other and then working with the bad guy and then trying to blackmail each other. And I get the mystery aspect, and the, I, the, I guess that all comes from the mystery, like, noir kind of uh, theme to the film. But I, if you, I feel like if you're a kid watching this, you're probably totally lost whenever the adults are talking and not being able to really follow any of it. Right. I mean, I think the the intended audience for this is the, uh, you know, the the adults of the 80s who, you know, grew up with right, these I'm cartoons. Sure. And then now, you know, you're seeing your like childhood heroes in a new context, especially since it is a more you know mature tone than, you know, the kids films of the day. Right. It's very sexual and violent at times, and but it's, it's still got cartoon characters in it, so like kids are going to be going to see it. Oh, know? sure, yeah, but I don't. They're definitely not going to get it in the same way that you know that adults will. I was feeling like I needed to be taking notes halfway through. It's like I know who the bad guy is, but how are we getting there? <laughs> like this company's working with this company, and this guy owns Toontown, but this guy wants to get it, but he's double crossing this other guy and i don't know the other thing i wanted to talk about was like crossovers losing a lot of their appeal uh at this point like i'm sure this was the fucking 
ready player one of the day but like there's crossovers literally all the the whole internet is crossovers of other shit like you know it's just not as exciting in you know 2020 to see oh it's my childhood thing kind of interacting with my other childhood thing like that happens you could go to any like fanfic and see that or anywhere else yeah i mean the only times uh i mean i mean i guess you could count like the like marvel cinematic universe and sort of that with all of their crossovers but, but at least still all marvel right and at least that's like well planned out and crossovers right. happen in the comic books too and so like it's not totally uh just you know random like hey i know that guy you know which these yeah. can can turn into i think the, the the best way it's been done is by the the lego franchise or whatever where that's true yeah where you're bringing in just random villains or like and when they have cloud cuckoo land and all the mm-hmm. like yeah i guess the first thing we reviewed for this podcast was the lego movie but i don't know that was like a odd side part of that movie as opposed to like the main focus i guess it kind of is on this one but i don't know but you know with it makes sense for that movie too because like legos has you know deals with almost every franchise that's out there or whatever and so it makes sense to sort of right. show all those things uh, together and with the greater story of this is a kid's imagination you know right that he's playing with all this stuff maybe it's just because there's not any part of that to this like there's no ki- i guess toontown is you know our our main focus like what if all the tunes lived here but then the story isn't really about you know the licensed tunes so i don't know but i suppose we should just jump into it so people can understand what we're talking about Um, all right the movie begins with a fake uh warner brothers intro and then uh Mm -hmm. what looks like you know just a standard cartoon of the of the times or whatever and then eventually the director yells cut and the characters sort of break and we see their filming a cartoon like right and there's sort of the real personas come out this is like the smartest way to open this movie i think of just like hey you're watching it all look at this zany cartoon you get you know five minutes of you know the main character of this cartoon uh roger rabbit trying to protect this baby because the mom's away and it's the most like you know tom and jerry ass thing ever of you know the baby's crawling all over and getting to all these hijinks hijinks (laughs) Although, as as we've learned as new parents, like, it doesn't take long for toddlers and, and, and babies to get into trouble, and they are surprisingly fast and find their way into danger in a hurry. That's true. I can't have my rack of knives all pointing blade up <laughs> sitting on the counter. The most There's troubling, no telling what could happen. The most troubling thing about that first scene is why in the hell do they have the plunger in the kitchen? Like, <laughs> everything else, you know, kind of makes sense, like having the knives in there and all the other danger, the oven, uh, all the other things that, you know... I was wondering, because this is a very retro, uh, even for the time it came out, it feels like it's set in like the 40s or 50s or something like that. Uh, I think it so is I was set kinda, in like 47, I think it says at the beginning. Or something. I wrote okay. it down. Well, yeah, 47. So I was wondering about like, what the hell is up with old timey kitchens anyway? Because like the, there's the baby crawls across like the, the oven range and turns on all the burners and then later goes like around the corner on the counter and then the oven is underneath him so like why is the oven not connected to the range i was puzzled by that the plunger i'm gonna assume this was maybe before like garbage disposals being a thing and like if your kitchen sink got plugged up you would have to plunge it out i don't know maybe i don't know you know those aren't a thing in like not america garbage disposals yeah i did not maybe not everywhere but i think like europe doesn't have them and Hmm. yeah we it's one thing we got it good on 
It's true. Like European appliances are bullshit. Like the <laughs> dishwashers are like these tiny, like microwave size things or washing machines mm. are about the same size too. Like I get like we're Americans and we think it bigger is bigger, better, bi- bigger is better on everything. But in some things it really right. is like having a dishwasher where you can put all kinds of stuff in it is nice compared it's to true. like, I put four cups in here. I guess I better run it. Like, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. although like, yeah. I don't know what I was going to say. Anyway, but like a big washing Hello. machine also also handy. Like a big washing machine is nice for like if you're going to wash your blankets or, you know. Mm-hmm. Or three weeks worth of clothing at once or nine weeks worth of button-up shirts if you're Dustin. Yes, that's a thing. Uh, I, guess, I guess we should talk about it. Um, I thought we did in the other one. I we may. Remember. I don't We. If we did, then we'll just cut this part out. But if not, the quick version is I wear uh, button-up shirts every day to work or button-down, depending on how you like to (laughs) nomenclate them. Uh, But anyway, I uh, will then, to make sure I don't repeat outfits, will wait until I have worn all my selection, or at least almost all of them, um, and then wash them. And so I basically... um, wash them like twice a school year uh, around Thanksgiving and then around spring break. And then, you know, at maximum, I wear a shirt three times per school year or something. And I don't know why we're talking about this really, but like the point is big washing machine, big appliances. Those things are nice. Big SUVs, maybe less nice. Like there are things America doesn't get right. Not on the like (laughs) catch up rest of the world train. I'm just saying there are a few things like our appliances that we do well. Yep. That's a thing. That's a weird That's thing to be patriotic about. <laughs> Damn yeah. it, I'm planting my flag on the washing machine. Garbage and- disposals and big washing machines. <laughs> yeah. Oh, lordy. Um, also, ice in your drinks. <laughs> yeah, ice is nice. So, yeah, uh, Roger tries to save this baby from dying, uh, ends up having a refrigerator land on his head in the big climax of the bit, and then we hear a director yell cut, and right away the animation changes from, like, this retro, you know, 50s-looking shit to a more, you can tell it's, I don't, computers weren't involved yet, but it looks computer animated, I don't know how they did this shit back then, but rotoscope? Something like that? I don't know, we ain't, we ain't animation folks. (laughs) We just run this animation podcast for years. I assure you, I've played, like, various board games that involve drawing, and Dustin is not skilled in it. Oh, no, <laughs> I'm only true. mediocre. I'm an idea guy. And then right away we get to the the real life, and the director comes in and is like, Roger, what the hell are you doing? You did the spot wrong or something. <laughs> and the... <laughs> The baby is immediately swearing and smoking cigars and upskirting this lady on his way by, which is pretty not cool. Um, And then as we're walking away off the set, we see our uh, other protagonist here, uh, Eddie Valiant is his name, played by Bob Hoskins. Uh, And, you know, as the tunes are walking by, he goes like, tunes, I hate tunes or something. So, you know, right away what his what he's about. And we slowly learn over the course of the film why he hates tunes and his sort of journey that he'll go on. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you see any of the uh, uh, other choices the studios had in mind for people to play or for their main the main role here for Eddie Valiant? Uh, Bill Murray stood out. That was the mm-hmm. thing. And then he, I guess, didn't hear about it until years later. And then when he did, was super angry. Like, I could have been in that movie. That would have been great. It's true. Apparently, their number one choice was Harrison Ford. Hmm. Um 
which I could see he would probably done it about the same as Hoskins here. You know, I'd say they're on the same spectrum with serious gritty cop character. Yeah. Um, Bill Murray would have been a wildly different film. True. Uh, and their other choice was Eddie Murphy, which would have been entertaining, I'm sure. But I feel like sort of the uh, the low key like straight man aspect of uh, Eddie Valiant is what works best uh, with this film. And I don't know that anyone else could have, you know, Harrison Ford maybe, but outside of the rest of the choices, I feel like it would have been wildly different films, and I'm not sure how well it would have worked. Yeah, that's true. Like Although, Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy would have been great, but he might have been, like, just as cartoonish as the other cartoon characters around him, you know? That is true. But Eddie Murphy in 1987 was a huge deal, like, or absolutely whenever this was made, yeah. like, was a huge deal and would have, you know, been box office. It's true. So the exec explains why Roger is struggling with this scene and how he's got a broken heart. Um, right. We meet the exec. Uh, exec. Uh, I suppose that we should start with that. Yes. Right. What's his name? R.K. Maroon? Something like that? Yeah. Maroon is all I ever wrote down. Mm-hmm. You know, the big producer for Maroon Pictures or whatever the hell it's called. Maroon Cartoons. Um, there you go. I don't know. And he's, he's bringing in uh, Eddie Valiant here to uh, figure out what's going on with the roger rabbit he knows his his heart's broken he suspects that uh it's because his wife is stepping out on him and he needs uh eddie to go eddie is a private investigator investigator and he needed him to go take some dirty pictures go snoop on his wife and he brings this up by asking eddie what do you know about show business and eddie's like only that there's no business like it (laughs) (laughs) there's a whole lot of great one-liners like that in this one especially in these opening scenes so Roger's wife, Jessica, works in a Toon review. Eddie says he does not want to go to Toontown. That's his one condition. But mm. where this review is held is not in Toontown. So he can go and uh, watch her perform and then watch her perform after the show, too, and take pictures. Hey. Yeah. Um, the, like, Toontown, not Toontown aspect of this was, like, I imagine difficult to keep up with at the beginning because we talk about Toontown a lot throughout this film. And it, it doesn't actually show up till like, over an hour into it. Um which is good, because I think it would have been overload to try to make the whole movie into in Toontown. I think so, too. Yeah, I think that was a good idea that they, like, slowly built up to Toontown. And then, even so, it was a relatively short scene, but you could tell it was just chaos there, and we need to get the hell out of here. <laughs> right. But, um, but like, uh, my wife had never seen this movie either, and she actually only came in during the last, like, 20 minutes or so. Uh, and I was, like, trying to explain what was going on and everything, and there's, like, 12 different tunes on the screen in the climax, and she's like, so this is in Toontown? I'm like, well, this is a town adjacent to Toontown. I think it's just Hollywood. I don't know, <laughs> but keep watching, <laughs> you know. It's a little bit hard to keep straight, but Jessica Rabbit uh, does is not working in Toontown. It's a IRL bar show, whatever. So Eddie uh, hops on the back of the, uh, what do you call it? Before we get to that, uh, we get to a look out of the window into this Hollywood lot, and we see people trying to wrangle tunes around the movie lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, and we see certain Disney characters hanging out here. And the uh, you know Maroon is like, yeah, I got them on loan from Disney. I got Dumbo, and I got the you know half the cast of Fantasia or something. And then Dumbo shows up in the window. And then there's a joke about them working for peanuts, which was also pretty funny. <laughs> But then, yeah, so we get to see some sort of, like, Disney Easter eggs uh, walking around this lot. Like, there's a a little a street performer guy playing a saxophone, and he's playing, like, the fucking uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice song. And then there's dancing brooms in the background going... Mm-hmm. And then there's, uh, you know, the 
ballerina hippo from the hello mother hello father song yeah the the worst part of fantasia <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know by that point i'd pretty much checked out of fantasia like mm. the dinosaur part at the beginning is like oh yeah and then like oh, okay we're still doing this the friggin homework assignment of a film mm-hmm. um then yeah seeing dumbo again i didn't really need that at all but. i thought this was much better than any dumbo part of the dumbo movie that's true, I suppose. The uh, the crows from Dumbo appear later on in the film as uh, musicians in the background. Um, oh, I actually didn't catch that. I think while Jessica's performing, but it could have been when someone else was performing. I don't. I think it was Jessica, though. Slightly questionable choice. They're musicians. That's no? true. A gig's a gig. Yeah. Don't get involved in politics. Yeah. Yeah. They're moving up in the world. They're getting, you know, got steady work. They're not wearing their shabby clothes in a tree. There you go. So then, yeah, Eddie, uh, you know, he gets half the money for this Snoop job, and he'll get the half, the other half when it's done. And so he tries to catch a ride on the streetcar, but uh, can't just hand the dude his check. So isn't able to get on. So instead, he just hops on the back of it with some street kids and uh, says a line like, you know, they ask like, hey, mister, ain't you got a car? And it's like, who needs a car? We got the best public transport in the world. And then they just ride around on the back of the thing for free. And then when he gets to where he's going, he hops off and says, thanks for the cigarettes. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, mm. Yeah. And to totally go against my pro-America stance, I took on the appliances. <laughs> yes. Like this part and the uh, the interstate part at the end are the negative aspects of America. Of like, it's true. why would I want to ride with everybody? I could drive my own truck. Like, <laughs> That's basically the whole country. And that's why we don't have high speed rail here or public transportation in most of the country. You know, mm. Yeah, our our villain's uh, you know main uh, driving ambition here is just capitalism, and yep. that's our villainous plot: is freeways and gas stations, and everybody can drive and buy and spend money and freedom. That's our country. Um, so Eddie gets home, checks his mail, notices there's bills. He just throws them away, which is not smart money management if you're out there and trying to get money advice from this podcast like don't do that don't just yeah. throw your bills away not a good idea i did uh get a bill the other day that i uh cross-referenced with the previous bill it was you know it was a medical bill for my son for like nine dollars or something but i cross-referenced it from like a month ago when they sent me the same bill and i sent them that amount of money and they cashed you know my checks so then i just got the bill and wrote not real on it and left it on the countertop <laughs> So, uh, so let's hope that works out. <laughs> the mailbox at my house is across the street, so I frequently check it as I'm getting home from work, you know, without getting out of the car. It's very handy, uh, mm. except uh, I will occasionally, and by that I mean about every other day, just forget that I put the mail in the car and then it will just stay there for, mm. you know, a long time. And occasionally that has happened uh, with, with bills, too. Like most of our stuff <laughs> is on auto draft, so it's not a big deal. But like right. there is one thing like our sewer bill which is separate from our water bill because our town is stupid um stupid which i have another story about them in a second but like they send you this little postcard thing with your how much you owe them or whatever and it has occasionally gotten stuck in my car for a while but uh something went wrong with their system recently and they didn't mail anything out and so my wife called them to be like hey like we didn't get a bill but i'm sure we owe you some money or whatever and they were like well why don't you just like look at your water bill and just guess how much it should be (laughs) that's genius uh, 
she was like, I mean, we'll mail it to you eventually. Like, we're, we're going to fix the issue. But, like, if you just want to pay now, just, like, guess what it should be. And if it's too much, then, you know, you can, we'll just, discount we'll credit it. Yeah. She was it like, yeah, sense. I'm not going to do that. Like, why don't you just mail it and we'll wait? Like, <laughs> yeah. just guess what, why don't you pay me what you think you should pay me? Like, so <laughs> when send we send us some money. Right. When we first moved to this small town where we live uh, and we were trying to get hooked up, you know, all our appliances or whatever. Um, we went to go to the sewer department, and so we went to uh, wherever you go to do that, and uh, checked in City with one Hall. of the sec- I guess, and checked in with the uh, secretary there, and like we're here to see the sewer. De- we're here to see the sewer department, and she was like, "Oh, the sewer department. She's at lunch." <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, she, that's where I thought this was going. Yeah, she's at lunch. You'll have to wait for her to get back. That's the department. Now then we did meet Sewer her department. She, all right. That's Bill. Hey right. Bill, come over here. <laughs> yeah. Now then we did meet her and she knew all the gossip that was going on in town or whatever and so she was our I'm favorite sure. person. We've never gone back <laughs> in person to see her again, but that one experience from 5 years 6 years ago was <laughs> so great. So anyway, he throws his bills away and uh, goes to the bar. Like you do. Mhm. Waving around his $50 check <laughs> like a big spender. It seems like he's maybe part owner of this bar uh, because they later show a little pl- uh, picture, like a newspaper cut out on his uh, on his desk uh, that says, like, two flats and a floozy open a bar or something. And, you know, the well, the one flat has died. That would be his brother. But his, his floozy over here would be uh, <laughs> Dolores is her name. Um, she is a minor part of the film. His love interest in the film, though. Um, right. And she she's helpful um, along the way. Mm-hmm. But as he's at the bar, everyone's mocking him for all the debts that he has. And now they've heard that he's working for a cartoon. And so mm-hmm. giving him a hard time. And this is when he explains that he doesn't like tunes because Toon killed my brother and dropped a piano on his head. And that's, you know, sounds amusing. But actually, that's how he died, because, you know, people don't bounce back like tunes do. No. And like. That sounds funny. I only dropped a piano on him. Like, ha ha ha. But like, like, that's an incredibly gruesome death for a human. Like, Mm. whereas, you know, for a cartoon, like that's comedy. Uh, Does he do anything else here? Does he just have a drink and leave? I can't remember. I think he just has a drink and shoves an egg in that guy's mouth. Then he goes off to the uh, to the tune review. It's true. Uh, Knocks on the back door and uh, gives the password, which is Walt sent me and uh, has to interact with a bouncer who's a gorilla. Which he's fairly racist to this gorilla. I don't, I'm not cool with that by the end of this, this scene. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But the gorilla calls him a chump, and he's like, who are you calling a chump, Chip? And Chimp. I was about to say, wasn't it Came chimp? out Chip. Yeah. It was Chimp. I just said it wrong. <laughs> okay. And then later he goes, ooga booga at him, which sounds way not cool. <laughs> um, but he goes into the bar, and there's some dueling pianos. And surprise, it's Daffy Duck and Donald Duck. And, uh, yeah, I can only imagine just how many backroom deals had to happen for this to work. Uh, they were apparently, you know, they share the same amount of screen time and were meant to be the same amount of skilled at piano because, uh, we can't have anyone looking stronger than the other. Right. And the same amount of skilled at booby trapping the, the other piano player. And there's lots of jokes about like, you know, this is the last time I work with a guy with a speech impediment because spoilers, they both suck at talking. That's true. If you had to pick a team on this one, uh, growing up, were you a bigger Donald Duck or Daffy Duck fan? 
Oh, definitely Daffy. Um, Daffy, Bugs, Elmer. Like, I'm I'm Team Warner Brothers on all that kind of stuff. Like, I like the Disney, you know, movies and stuff, but I don't feel a real connection to Goofy or Donald or Mickey. We have seen a bit more of Donald uh, by doing this podcast. Like, that those is early true. package films, and I guess he was never actually in the DuckTales movie, now that I think about it, but he was in, you know. But he is in the package films, and like... Mickey and the Beanstalk and stuff. And he's entertaining, um, but... For me, the Warner Brothers cartoons, where it's at. Yeah, I attribute I attribute a lot of that to uh, us going to Six Flags a lot growing up, which is all Warner Brothers themed. Uh, never been to Disney World because if you don't live near a coast, then you know it's not that easy to get to one of those. But also, there's Six Flags all over the place. Yes, and they're way more. I mean, and maybe they're better too, but they're also way more expensive. Disney World and True. Disneyland compared to mm-hmm. Six Flags. The best Six Flags experience we ever had was the one in San Antonio, where it was just slightly raining that day, but enough where people stayed home anyway, and like we didn't have to wait in line for anything. <laughs> like even like the big coasters that everyone would be into, like we just got to ride them twice because nobody was in line. It was just like. This is amazing, because normally, like, most of the theme park experience is let's wait in line forever and let's get really sunburnt and, like, yep. this all sucks. Mm-hmm. But none of that happened. We can go do the water ride and cool off. Oh, it has a two-hour wait. Right, yeah. I haven't been to a theme park since, like, Fast Passes became a thing, but I'm vehemently against them. Everybody <laughs> should be on the same level. <laughs> I don't well, know I mean, why... You- we introduce like aristocracy to this shit right i do like the idea of the ones where you can like check in and then go do other stuff and then they'll just let you know when you can get on the ride or whatever like i don't know you're not okay with that like that seems like i could stand here in this line and do nothing or like i could you know in theory be in line and go do you know go get a hot dog go do whatever you're gonna do go get on a dinky ride and come back i only ride the dinky ride so it's not true so it's not yeah If all you want to do is the merry-go-round anyway, then, like, whatever. Log flumes can be a little intense for me. (laughs) I actually don't remember much about the San Antonio Six Flags, because I'm pretty sure I was, like, nine, so. Yeah, that that probably checks. I think I was in, like, eighth or ninth grade when we did that. Because that was the trip where I almost died when the uh, tire went through the windshield. Oh, Directly at me and, like, caved it in. Like, it was was hardcore glass I, nothing actually bad happened to me the glass held but, I, I got a little but it was scary <laughs> i got a small cut on my foot um from the glass but other than that uh i was fine but it was yeah pretty frightening where i looked up and was like what is that boom and like glass everywhere and I should clarify it was not a whole tire <laughs> it was well, you know not. a big chunk of one where a blowout had happened an alligator as the uh as the truck drivers call it was that so <laughs> I think so. How many truck drivers do you hang out with? Uh, not many. I watch Smokey and the Bandit a lot. Okay. <laughs> um, as we're going into this club with the dueling pianos uh, and Penguin Mater D's, which I thought was cute, um, we meet the owner of Acme. Uh, Mr. Mr. Acme. Mr. Acme. <laughs> he, has he has a, a name. name. I should have written that down. I didn't. Just Mr. Acme. He uh, owns spoiled. Toontown. He gets fridged in the next scene, so uh, he wrote a he does a joke with disappearing ink onto Eddie Valiant's shirt, which is later a plot point. It's true, um, but yeah, he's a fun-loving guy who has, seems to have a thing for Jessica Rabbit, so that's why he's here, and that's who we're gonna snoop on after the show. But mean, uh, meanwhile, Eddie orders a drink on the rocks, and then even threatens his waiter. You know, not actual rocks, but of course they still mm-hmm. bring him the drink with actual rocks. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, 
a modern take on this film would make a much more like allegorical, you know, deal out of the, Hey, I hate all tunes. A tune killed my brother. And now I think all tunes are evil. Like, I feel like, especially modern Disney, that would have been a much more, uh, prevalent, uh, you know, part of the film. And maybe Eddie would have to learn some sort of lesson about that. I guess he kind of does by the end, but not in so many words. And he just seems more okay with like specific tunes. Right. Also, the tunes, you know, all have to live on a certain side of town and they're not allowed. Yeah. 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 And see, I feel like that probably wouldn't be the direction we went. You know, you could make a very clear, like, you know, modern America racism subplot to this, but like, it's not really that. So maybe that's just a little jarring as I expect. I just expect that out of films at this point, I guess, to, you know, have some sort of modern moral take and then like a Zootopia or something does a lot with this. Um, but not to be found here. Um, while that's going on, Betty Boop makes her cameo, and uh, Eddie seems familiar with her, and uh, so they have a nice chat. Um, mm-hmm. She you know, says she hadn't seen him in a long time or whatever. We slowly piece together that Eddie and his brother used to go to Toontown more often. Like, that's not, I mean, we know that Atoon killed his brother, but we don't, you know, learn that he used to frequent Toontown a lot mm-hmm. until, you know, the movie progresses. Or at least I learned that. They may have pointed that out earlier and I missed it. No. Okay. Oh, I think, you know, uh, there's a little bit when you, uh, when we see the pictures on his desk and stuff, but that's still a scene or two away. Do you know anything at all about Betty Boop? Because I got nothing. Nope. She says boop, 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 and then she fell over. Like, I don't get what the thing is. She's meant to be sexy. I get that. But I guess she's old at this point is kind of the the plot point here uh, because everyone's all into Jessica Rabbit instead. And, uh, yeah, she comes out to do her little stage show, and, uh, I don't know how you could be on the internet in 2020 and not be familiar with Jessica Rabbit, but she's <laughs> comically proportioned, uh, you know, the tiniest, like, rubber band-sized waist combined with just massive, you know, breasts and makeup and hair and other things that women have. I don't know. <laughs> I'm good at this. Yes, but, you as know, she, as she points she's out- like a sexy girl. <laughs> As she points out later in the movie, though, she's not bad. She's just drawn this, drawn that way, you know. Right. So all the men are lusting after her, but it's not her fault, you know. And uh, it's a fairly risque scene. Disney felt the Jessica Rabbit stuff was too risque, but like, uh, I don't really see much of a different, uh, much of a difference between this and like the cabaret scene in Great Mouse Detective. Like, Disney ain't too proud for this shit. Like, they've been making sexy cartoons, you know, here and there. Right. I mean, I guess the difference is that was a mouse and like True. this is, you know, a human, I guess is they haven't, you know, there wasn't a scene where like Snow White fell on hard times and had to work the poles <laughs> for a little bit. Like that wasn't, that didn't happen. Like, sure. That's different, but I don't know. There's, we just recently did a movie where a mouse came on stage and danced and sang about taking off her clothes and then did so like this scene where jessica is seducing men isn't a whole lot different from that you know right i feel like it's the same ballpark but it's a human is the thing like (laughs) but it's a cartoon human yes but disney doesn't have its cartoon humanoid characters out here doing sexy shit i suppose but also i'm shocked to learn that a giant corporation could be hypocritical about something like (laughs) yeah right but after the performance, uh, Eddie goes out uh, to get to sneak some pictures in Jessica's uh, dressing room. Mm-hmm. You see him spying through the keyhole, trying to see what uh, 
Mr. Acme is doing in there. Uh, and at this point, the gorilla taps him on the shoulder. Is like, you got to get out of here, bub. And throws him out the door. Did the Hanna-Barbera people turn them down? Or were their cartoons just later? Like, I feel like there's already a famous cartoon gorilla. Like, we could have had Magilla Gorilla here doing mm. this. But maybe... I suppose so. I, I, as I was saying that, I thought maybe their cartoons were made later. And that's why. Like, if it's set in 47, it would be, you know, anachronistic. They would be later than that, I would assume, but okay, not... so I take it back then. Never mind. But, I mean, uh, I think they wanted Tom and Jerry. Is that Hanna-Barbera, or is that someone else? I don't know. I don't know either. Pretty big cartoon company that is not involved in this. Um, the Apparently, all the characters other than Disney, like, this isn't a Warner Brothers film or anything. Their name's not, like, stamped on it. They just, like, lent out their characters for it, uh, which is interesting to see, but I don't know if... They just didn't bother talking to Hanna-Barbera or if Hanna-Barbera said no. I couldn't tell you. But, I mean, it wouldn't be... I feel like I might have more of a connection to this film if there was, like, a Scooby-Doo and Fred Flintstone. And those are probably the only two, but... Right. But I guess those weren't made until, like, the 70s. And so that would have meant a a total different, you know... Yeah. Setup. That's true. Anyway, so the gorilla kicks him out. And uh, that's when he says uh you know calls him a chimp and all the other unfortunate stuff uh but then he gets even better pictures outside so i guess it works out okay it's true uh the we overhear acme saying i want to play patty cake with you and then it sounds like they're not playing patty cake but then we see the pictures in a later scene and it's like oh they actually are just playing patty cake together because cartoons i don't know (laughs) it's a little odd um but yeah we cut to now we're telling Roger Rabbit about it and showing him the pictures and he freaks out and is like, oh, how could she do this to me? And, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then they tell him to calm down. They try to give him a shot of whiskey, which was not a good idea. Uh, (laughs) Apparently, uh, cartoons aren't, you know, the best with alcohol. And he like rockets up into the air and screams like a steam whistle and breaks the windows and stuff. And he's crying outside uh, Acme's factory, which uh, is important for what he will be framed for uh, going forward. Yes, because it looks as though he's going to go perhaps kill somebody that was involved in this scene. And then we uh, cut back to Eddie at his office. He's got his money. He's finished his job. He's out of here. We left out something uh, with the camera that he, he, A, is a private eye who doesn't have his own camera. He has to borrow one from the uh, from yeah, Dolores, the true. bartender. And yes, that's she, what happened in that scene. We skipped right. over that. And when she hands it to him, she points out that she hasn't uh, finished off the roll of film that's in there that has the pictures from the trip that they went on together um right to wherever island they said they went yeah it doesn't matter but the point is they went on a trip together some sort of romantic deal but they haven't spent much time together since then and she hasn't uh you see kids cameras used to have film in them that you'd have (laughs) to take so many pictures and then once you you know completed the roll of film then you would go get them developed Mm -hmm. um and so unless you had a polaroid well, that Which is was, true. You know, super 50 expensive. years ago. <laughs> right. I mean, I guess, but it, it wasn't new technology. I mean, it wasn't well, no. in the 40s when this is set, but it's not. We could have, we had one of those growing up too. That was right immediately take a picture, shake it, and then it's, you well, know, right. but developed. It, the little film cartridges for that um, were $10 and they were 10 pictures. So it was basically a dollar a picture. Uh, to take things, which is a little crazy, which the whole idea is, you know, if you were born in, you know, post 2000 and you're like, I can have unlimited pictures on my phone. What are right. you talking about? Like, so when she says those pictures are still on the camera, it's because you have to take the film, to get it developed. Um, 
Anyway, or develop so, it yourself, which is what which is what he does, yeah, and private eye does. Maybe what everyone had to do in the forties. I don't know how that worked I don't back then. No, maybe. But anyway, so he remembers the good times with her as he's doing that before right. uh, Lieutenant Santino shows up. And did you recognize the actor playing him? No, I did not. Yeah, that is the guy who gets force choked in Star Wars. The uh, <laughs> don't try to threaten us with your sorcerer's ways. That guy. Uh-huh. Um, that's him. The guy that just, like, mocks his boss's religion to his face. Your devotion to that ancient religion has not given you clairvoyance enough to discover the rebel plans. I don't remember the whole line. The point is, it's that guy. I read a comedic, like, blog about that once saying, like, yeah, this is pretty much the equivalent as if he just called his boss a fucking Jew right to his face (laughs) or something. Like, why would you do that? You are a horrible person. And also, he's gonna murder you. Well, right. He's magic. Even if, like you you know didn't think the force was real or whatever this is a guy who's you know got a reputation for killing people and for you know Mm -hmm. not having patience uh, to deal with that sort of uh, insubordinance like i don't it's pretty bold man (laughs) but as we're looking at the pictures of them at the beach we see hey there's a third person there that was eddie's brother uh i assume jimmy valiant i don't remember what his name was Uh, that's an old wrestling joke. Uh, and oh, if you don't know who Jimmy Boogie Woogie Valiant is, you pause this podcast <laughs> right now and you go find some stuff of his and we'll be waiting. Unpause yep. us when you're done. Just picture Santa Claus like did a bunch of crystal meth. <laughs> that's the Boogie Woogie Man. I feel good, dude. The Boogie Man feels good. Nobody, nobody talk to my willy willy just like Paul Jones did. Come in here, willy. Come here, blood. Look at here. Look at here. All right. All right. You see, you can't mix water and blood. It don't work. It don't mix. You can't mix it, Jack. But you can mix blood and blood. And this is what this is. Blood, baby. I mean blood, daddy. Never, never has this man betrayed me. And I'll never betray you, Willie. Willie, Willie. Willie, Willie. Watch it out. Watch it out. Watch it out. You see, me and Willie went to the same school. Me and Willie went to the same school. Willie went to Penn State, and I went to the state pen. You understand where it's at, Jack? I mean, we blood, we together. So Paul Jones, take all that bread and put it where the sun don't shine. (laughs) Yeah. But he was hanging out with Eddie and uh, Dolores on the beach in these pictures. And uh, we see a few more of old pictures when from when his brother was alive uh there's a picture of them like two new clowns join the force and they've got like clown noses on like they used to be fun loving dudes and it's a big clash from how he acts you know how eddie acts now being uh depressed drunk is generally what he's doing so he gets drunk and passes out and then this is when you know <laughs> the racist shows up yes lieutenant santino arrives saying uh telling roger that uh or telling not roger telling eddie that roger killed acme and, uh, you know, Eddie can't believe that. He's, you know, shocked to, to learn that. Mm-hmm. And then we get a Yosemite Sam cameo, I guess. That's the next thing in my notes. Yeah, I wrote so. that, too. <laughs> that we, like, see, like, oh, there's Toontown in the distance. And then Yosemite Sam launches, gets launched out of there into Hollywood. I will say, for the most part, they do a good job of, like, picking and choosing when to add in these uh, licensed characters of warner brothers and disney and not making it too much like i know that guy you know but there's still a little bit of like you know here's dumbo for no reason and here's yosemite sam 
it's a pretty fan servicey film. But Acme was killed via safe to the head. Um, so, yep. which is awkward as shit for Eddie to be here seeing this. Like, no one it's prepped true. him on this. But maybe that's foreshadowing. Uh, you know, the later villain reveal. Perhaps we have yeah. his his mo for how he likes to kill people. Right, because we meet our villain now, uh, Judge Doom. Before that, Jessica Rabbit uh, slaps slaps Eddie, blames him for this this whole thing. Right, for taking the pictures and causing all the problems. Then Judge Doom arrives. Right, uh, just as Eddie is attempting to steal some evidence that was falling off of the gurney as they're loading up uh, Acme. He tries to steal, it was a joy buzzer that Acme had, um, but he gets caught by Christopher Lloyd, a.k.a. Judge Doom is his name. I definitely would trust him with that name. Oh yeah, what could go wrong? And Judge Doom basically stomps around and clearly acts like the villain and says that uh, he's he's the judge of Toontown. Toontown, it's in his uh, jurisdiction, but he wants. We later find out he wants to own Toontown and destroy it. Is the plan right? Yeah, because he wants to uh, totally demolish it and and have the interstate run through there. Yeah, right. Okay, but how do you, I mean? Why is a human the judge of Toontown? Like, I don't really get why that's a thing. I mean, Acme currently owns it, and he's a human. Also, how do you just own a town? Like, (laughs) I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so the judge of Toontown also hates all Toons and has invented a way to murder Toons. Right, he wants to rein in the insanity, but he does something way more insane by, like, creating Dip, which allows him to, to kill Toons, as Jake was saying. Right, because tunes always bounce back, you know, they don't they don't get killed. But now with this, which is a blend of turpentine and I don't know what all else. And Right, so literally his plan for Toontown is... Calm down, have some dip. <laughs> <laughs> yep, pretty much. And so he grabs a, a little cartoon shoe that has no mouth and, you know, can't talk. But he has, like, really scared eyes and he just slowly drowns him, drowns slash dissolves him in this dip. Which, uh... Again, didn't watch this film as a kid, but uh, I've often seen posts online saying, like, this was the scariest fucking shit ever when I was a kid. Like, Judge Doom, oh my god, gave me nightmares. You know, that kind of shit. Weak. Oh, yeah. Unlike me, I was only afraid of a whale and Pinocchio. Or romance being involved in any (laughs) movie. Yes. It's a big fear of mine. Fast forward through that shit. (laughs) And then I wrote, good way to put over your top heel. And then I wrote, ha. Heel, shoe. <laughs> that is funny. Um, and then, and then we go see Baby Herman. Uh, he well, he is waiting by Eddie Valiant's office or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, continues to be shitty to women. And uh, then he says, "Hey, Roger's innocent. You got to help him. You know, he doesn't need to die for this." Acme uh, had promised Toontown to the Toons, and he left a will saying as much. I've never seen the will, but the will totally exists, and you got to find it, and that will absolve uh roger from this crime right so the baby character is you know repulsive and and all that but he uh does you know suggest that roger didn't do this he's the first one to suggest that and other than jessica i guess uh and then uh also introduces this important plot point of you know the secret will that needs to be discovered playing into the to the noir aspect Right, and at this uh, at this point, Eddie's like, "Yeah, whatever, get out of here. I'm done with this." And then, as he's going back into his office, he pours himself or gets ready to pour himself a drink. But then, looking through his cup like a magnifying glass onto his newspaper, uh, he sees the will in uh, Acme's pocket. So, 
Because, you know, that's something you just carry around with you once you create mm. a will. Like, Yeah, totally. Just keep it on your body at all times. You never know. Well, he got off, so. <laughs> that's true. You know. I guess he wasn't looking at the newspaper. He was looking at the photos he snapped from the night before. Because the will it, the will wasn't still on the body when he was dead. And that's kind of the point. And at this point, he has he knows something's up and he knows he could do something to fix it, but he pretty much says fuck it and decides to go to bed instead because it's not his problem. He doesn't care. But while climbing in the bed, he realizes, uh Oh, here's Roger rabbit hiding out in my office. Now I got a problem. So he has to help Roger hide. And then, uh, is that when the weasels come? Right. He tries to call the cops on Eddie on Roger. And at this point, Roger outsmarts him by handcuffing the two of them together. Uh, so we get some hijinks from that. And, uh, then, yeah, some weasels start coming after him. Those are the the goons of Judge Doom. There were originally supposed to be seven of them, and they were supposed to be like the anti-dwarves. Um, oh, really? Each one having a different characteristic, although I, I think there's only like five, so that got cut along the way. But And they don't really have any characteristics other than wise guys. Right. But they hide Roger down the drain of the sink, or Eddie hides Roger down the drain of the sink, and then the weasels come in to look everywhere for Roger, but they can find no evidence of him being there. Right, and we get a weird subplot here uh, when the weasels start laughing at the top weasel or whatever, and he says, hey, don't be laughing like that. You'll laugh yourselves to death. I don't know that that's ever really explained why that's a thing, but that's apparently a thing with the, at least with these weasels. I don't know about if all toons have this issue or not. Just weasels. Hmm. And they say, like, that's what happened to the hyenas, and I guess... They were right, but at what? least they're known for laughing. Like weasels don't right. like. What is Why didn't we just make weasels? these guys be hyenas and that be the threat? <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't know. Don't get it. It's a little odd. But fortunately, Dolores has tools to remove handcuffs for totally mm. normal and non kinky reasons. <laughs> you know, you don't know what she's into. <laughs> they go back into the like safe room of this uh, from like the Prohibition era or whatever. This bar that she owns and. uh uh eddie starts trying to saw it off and at this point roger removes his hands from the cuffs to help eddie saw them off and <laughs> takes eddie a sec to nose and is like wait you can pull your arm out of there whenever you want and he's like not whenever i want just when it's funny and i thought that was funny cartoon timing works like cartoon gravity where it applies yeah. unless it doesn't apply <laughs> exactly um at this point eddie suspects rk maroon is behind this um right and so the plan is for roger to stay at the speakeasy uh, right. While Eddie continues to investigate. Right. Because Maroon wanted to blackmail Acme and forced Jessica to play patty, patty cake. That's what Jessica was saying. It's like, he set you up to take these pictures. Um, I think she he also set Jessica up. I don't know how she was. Yeah, involved. I think it was a, like she was blackmailed into doing this, too. Right. And, yeah. And so it was all a, a scheme. My next note says this shit is elaborate. <laughs> so it's true. Uh and then we reveal that the business Cloverfield is actually trying to get Toontown, which somehow Maroon is playing into. And Cloverfield has already bought the red car, which is the public transport. Like, transportation is a major part of this film. <laughs> is it Cloverfield? Because I definitely wrote down Cloverleaf. I thought it was Cloverfield. Uh, maybe I messed up. Mm, yeah, I don't know. It's... I am back to typing my notes again. You'll be pleased oh, to see. Oh, wow. How fancy. We're out of notebooks. So I oh, was like, well, nice. I'll type this up. And because of that, I haven't typed on a keyboard in I don't know how long. Uh, so it's just riddled with spelling errors because I'm so used nice. to my phone just fixing that. So it may or may not be Cloverfield. 
Dolores gets jealous when she sees Eddie and JR together and, you know, she wants to go on the trip again. Is that not a thing? Who's JR? Oh, <laughs> Jessica Rabbit. Oh, okay. I wrote down JR every time she shows up. <laughs> I was a little puzzled. I was like, it's not JR Maroon, it's RK Maroon. <laughs> J- Jessica Rabbit, JR. I'm glad. Who do you know any other famous JRs? Like that, ah, JR. Um at this point, uh Eddie seems to know what's going on, so we're just gonna follow him and hopefully I'll figure it out along the way. <laughs> um and they're figuring stuff out on the street, but then they hear music coming from the bar, and that's Roger, who's supposed to be hiding, entertaining the whole bar and playing, you know, telling jokes and dancing and doing all this stuff. Um and he's like, why are you doing this? You're supposed to be hiding. Like, get out of here. And he's like, I have to make these people laugh. Sometimes laughter is the only weapon we have. Roger can't help that he's a cartoon and has to, you know, act like a cartoon as Judge Dredd, not Judge Dredd, Judge Doom. <laughs> That's will a different ex- <laughs> Will exploit later on in this scene. Right. Because uh, he arrives at the bar now looking for this rabbit. And uh, Eddie's telling Roger, like, why did you show yourself to all these patrons? They'll sell you out for a nickel. But because Roger made them laugh, they actually don't. They actually say, no, we haven't seen this rabbit. And right, we do a fake out where it looks like one of them's going to sell him out. But then right. the guy who got the egg shoved in his mouth in the first scene. There you go. Egghead. Yeah, but he doesn't because apparently he's a good dude. But then Judge Doom uh, is able to lure Roger out of hiding by doing the shave and a haircut. The... And then, exactly, Roger can't just leave that alone. He has to jump out and yell, two bits, and then... Right, he holds it in as long as he can before he finally explodes. Mm-hmm. Comedy time, comedic timing comes first. Cartoons, gotta live that way. But then, Judge Doom busts out some dip, and he's gonna finish uh, Roger off right now. <laughs> it's called dip. I'm not talking I know, about, I know. you know, gross tobacco. It's just not threatening in any way. Like, I didn't even go straight to tobacco. I went straight to, like, some French onion dip. Like, oh, That's no, true. we got out the dip. My one weakness. <laughs> I hope there aren't any Fritos around here. <laughs> oh, you can't go Fritos with French onion. You got to go with, like, a wavy oh. Lay's. I like a Frito scoop with any kind of dip. No, no, no. I don't even like Frito scoops with salsa. Like, yeah. scoops go with bean dip, primarily. And then... uh Cheese dip. It's good with cheese dip. I'm not trying to say it's not, but I, I don't know. Scoops and salsa? No. Or scoops like scoops. and salsa are good. Scoops and ranch dip are good. No, no. Definitely not scoops and white dip. No. Anyway. Scoops so and chili. Now that's good. Well, that's obviously. good stuff for Frito chili pie. Although I prefer just regular Fritos in my, with my chili. I would say so, yeah. But You ever gonna... made bean dip nachos? Uh, is that just dumping bean dip onto chips? Yeah, instead of putting like refried beans on your nachos, like you just can of bean dip spread that shit on there and then your cheese and the other stuff too oh it's great i mean it's just slightly more pureed refried beans right there's not a whole lot of differences there i mean i guess but there's a taste difference and like this is refried beans oh i know you're not a huge refried bean fan but the place to go to get refried beans is the taco bueno Taco they do bueno. make a big deal about like we make these ourselves they're not out and of a can they're good shit too i drove all the way over there because we we're still we were trying to be relatively healthy at the time drove a significant bueno. well but <laughs> let me finish the story um uh, comma asshole uh, <laughs> so it's a significant drive from my house to get to a taco bueno we're talking at least 25 maybe 30 minutes to get there it'd be more significant from my house but okay so uh 
Anyway, we're trying to eat healthy. We were just going to have the beans as a side for something we were already going to eat. And so, like, I ordered, I drove all the way out there to order two things of beans, <laughs> two two orders of party beans, as they call them. And then, like, I was going to get a drink, too. So I also tried to order a large Diet Dr. Pepper because they, you know, they have Coke products. It's a whole thing. Anyway, um, so I did. And she was like, well, we have smalls right now, sir. And so, like, because I had my previous Wendy's Frosty experience where, like, we have birthday cake now. I'm like, oh, I don't want that. I want vanilla. No, we have birthday cake. You don't understand. I knew what that was code for when she said we have smalls right now. So I was like, never mind. I don't don't even want a drink. You're only going to give me a small drink? Forget it. Just give me the beans. (laughs) I thought you were talking about we have small beans. No, no. The beans only come in one size. Okay. But uh, Party. So... (laughs) Which is not very big. Like, I got two orders of party beans for, like, $2.40. Like, it was not a lot. But it was really good. I don't even remember what we were having them with. Oh, yeah, dude. We made uh, chicken enchiladas. But, like, because, you know, we're lazy, we didn't, like, actually roll them into individual enchiladas. Because, like, who has that kind of time? You spread mm-hmm. out a layer of tortillas. You pour all your goop down. Another layer of tortillas. And then you just cut them in wedges from You there. made chicken lasagna by the sound of it. I mean, not as layered as that. But yeah. same idea. Yeah. I tried to make chicken enchiladas the other day that turned into that because I I don't know if they my meat was too wet or if my I was doing corn tortillas that weren't like as malleable well, those are as fall I expected. Apart anyway, yeah, yeah, they all just fell apart. So it turned into just Mexican casserole. So you should have just done it that way. Yeah, it worked. It was tasty. This is just going to be the talking snack portion of this podcast now. <laughs> talking snack. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. I was going to talk about I got a party like pack kind of thing from Popeye's yesterday because there was I was bored and home for lunch so I started looking through all my apps to see what deals were on there and I landed on Popeye's and they had a deal for like 14 tenders and two sides and five biscuits for mm-hmm. you know like 20 bucks or something so it's good I was like yeah this is great you know me and my son can eat on this my wife i think is you know she was at work yesterday but she i was like if she wants to come home for lunch you know it'll be here and if not then oh well it's more chicken and so that was lunch for both days and also because popeye's hits and like seemingly doesn't give a shit if you order 14 tenders they're gonna give you like 28 of them so that, that is true they just it's cram like a the baker's box dozen full. it's a baker's handful like. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's probably close <laughs> which you know uh, that's fine with me right uh so jake and i uh have sons that are about the same age mine is is a little older than his um but they're very different uh, when it comes to eating and um, i am incredibly cheap anyway so like (laughs) when he's talking about getting food for him and his son like i would never order my son any food because he just wants like half a bite of my food and he's happy like Mm -hmm. and so that works for me because again cheap so like they only occasionally will order him like a happy meal knowing he's going to eat half a nugget and we're just gonna get to eat a happy meal yeah that's usually how it goes he you know about half of his food goes in the floor a lot of the time so right but you know sometimes we go in like okay we'll get him a thing too and we'll both eat on it and sometimes we go in and we're like let's just both get big things and just hand him random stuff off of our plates right both so anytime like we go out to eat with uh with my mom like she's all or our mom uh (laughs) she's all like uh well aren't you gonna order something for your son too and like well no because he's not gonna eat it and you're just throwing money in the floor basically (laughs) like Mm -hmm. like he might want a small bite of my food and he's gonna be happy like he just wants to sit here and smile at everyone that's (laughs) eating's not his thing man yeah my son wants to start screaming whenever he's not getting something so (laughs) 
it's true. Halloween, like Jake's son lost his shit because somebody was eating a Snickers that didn't they didn't share with him. Like, it's like, oh man. I mean, I don't even remember that, but I totally believe that because <laughs> that's what he does. I mean, I get it. Like, if someone's eating a Snickers and not sharing with me, like, I get it. I get why you would be angry about it. <laughs> While we're I, shitting on uh, our children, <laughs> no, I was going to say on the fast food apps. Oh, do you want to do you want to call out Arby's? This is this could be your oh, chance. Yeah, Arby's. What the fuck, man? <laughs> like, I, I've already mentioned this before. I have every fast food app I can think of on my phone. And I was going to get Arby's the other day, but you can't mobile order in the Arby's app. Like, it's just a menu. Like, why is that even a thing? Why do you even have this? Yeah, like, if you just wanted to have the Arby's menu on hand on your phone at any moment, like, you could have gotten it once and screenshotted it and never needed this app. Like, what would possibly make them think this was a helpful app? Like, did they just go, ah, that's good enough? Yeah, like, here's nutrition information. Go to the store and order it. (laughs) I guess, yeah. It's dumb. Also, I'm not big on Arby's, and so no, not a fan. It's either, not a huge so. deal, but my wife wanted it. Our McDonald's has been a little fucked up with their app recently. Where like the last few times we've gone, like they've said that the drive-through is closed when the drive-through has never been closed. Like that's not a real thing, and especially not during you know right. Corona apocalypse. Like yeah, it's not closed. Drive-throughs is what but, we got. Right, and so I just was never going to go through the drive-thru anyway. Like, I'm going to just go park and wait at the parking spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but my wife, each time, will go through and be like, uh, it says that the drive is closed, but it's not really closed. Like, just so you guys know. And like, which is, like, helpful. But they're like, thanks. They don't care. Yeah, they don't know what to do about that. Right. Yeah, they don't care. They're not the app designers. It's true. But their app, they should all... I mean, we've mentioned this each time it's been brought up, but the Sonic app, you're doing it right, Sonic. Yeah, they're like, the best scheduling things or having stuff ready when you get there i will say doing the popeyes app uh they did have a feature that said i'm close so when you press that that's when they start making it you don't have to get that is nice yeah which i live close so i pressed that before i hit that before i left the house you know (laughs) it's like the popeyes is like two minutes from me now now the one drawback to the sonic app is uh it doesn't update you when your local sonic is out of things so sometimes you'll order and pay and get there and they're like well we didn't have that so what do you want instead like Mm. and then you've got to like well i don't know i wasn't ready to do this (laughs) you know like what's a substitute for a cinna snack i don't know man like (laughs) they don't the app the sonic app is not great for allowing substitutions and stuff either because like i don't remember what it was maybe the chicken tender meal uh like it's standard comes with tots but no one wants tots because tots are gross so we were trying to get it with fries and it won't just let you do that so that's true it will on the other combos but for some reason it's picky on that one like you can pick tots or fries (laughs) have we been down this road before (laughs) yeah i mean i i mean usually when i get sonic food it's for breakfast um Hmm. but i usually you know Sometimes I'll get, my wife prefers cheese fries, and then I'll get cheese tots, which is weird because I don't normally like tater tots by themselves. But uh, speaking of tater tots, uh, back to our our sons, like, so we have an Alexa. I don't like that we have an Alexa, but we have an Alexa. Um, And so he hears us making orders to her, and he wants to play along too, but he never says it right, and so it sounds like tater tot. (laughs) Which, I don't know how he got tater tot out of Alexa, but like, tater tot! And like, he just really wants, like, he's pointing at her, like, he's just really giving her what for, tater tot! Do you tell Alexa your orders? Is that how it works? No, I don't like know where the tater food? tot. Okay, I no, thought like I thought you were like, "Hey Alexa, order me Sonic." 
No. <laughs> Which that sounds I, more just as stressful to me as telling a person through a window. Like, <laughs> right. No, I'm not I ready. Do I don't that. have all the info. <laughs> no, but I have to talk to her all day long because like we have lights that only come on when she lets them come on and like uh we bought a clock that works with the alexa and like you can set a timer and it'll light up how much time is left and like that part's actually kind of cool but um it's pointless do that too yes but it's you know you can like set the alexa and then like look at the clock oh i can tell there's five minutes left on that timer like it's glowing (laughs) i don't know look it's mostly dumb (laughs) we also have a like a smart thermostat or whatever where she can turn that up and down that's handy I guess that's you don't have to get off the couch, but you don't touch your thermostat anyway. You leave it at one place and you get well, mad now, when people touch it. True, but since I have the little sensors throughout the house now, I can like wait. Should that sensor really be on, or like this one's really just keeping the air from coming on? I don't want that sensor working. I want the air to go now, like or the <laughs> other way around. We're like, hey, it may be really warm in the master bedroom, but I'm not in the master bedroom right now, and it's cold in the rest of the house. So turn that sensor off, like. So I just need. I like to fiddle. I'm a fiddler. <laughs> <laughs> you're a fiddler who's been quarantined for six weeks <laughs> well that's true too um laughter is the only weapon we have <laughs> and oh that's a that's a deep message roger mm-hmm. and also we divvied away from the fucking uh you know plot of this film during the scene where roger's about to get melted <laughs> but you know if you're still with us he doesn't get melted they give right. him probably because we assumed because it's the middle of the movie that he's and he's the titular character who's still only partially been framed that we're not going to like kill him right now so there's very low stakes for this so as a last wish eddie tries to give him some whiskey to drink uh which rabbit which roger doesn't want but then he like eddie like duck season rabbit seasons him into taking it and then he drinks it and launches off and then that's how they escape and then, Speaking of, of not having high stakes, uh, mm-hmm. you know what I'm not into? Prequels. Like, you know the characters survive because they're in later movies, so like any of the like, oh, what do we do? Like, they're going to be fine. Like, we know they're going to be fine. So like, I've recently been true. watching the the Clone Wars series, and like, I enjoyed it. It's a well-made cartoon. Like, it's neat, uh, you know, that they have these other stories of a plot that's sort of rushed through in the, the films, but... Um, like there's yeah. times where it's like, oh, I don't know how Obi Wan's going to get out of this. And like, well, he's definitely going to get out of this because he's got other movies that he's in, <laughs> exactly. which is kind of what's what's nice. So that's sort of what's nice about some of the other Star Wars movies, like Rogue One. You don't know what's going to happen to those characters. You assume they're not going to make it, but they they're all characters you've never seen before. Mandalorian was where I was going with mm-hmm. that. Um, where like if you're introducing new characters, then it can be you know what's going to happen to this guy? Is he going to make it or not? Now you've got some investment that you don't have. Like in Solo, Solo was a fun movie, I guess. But anytime he was in trouble, it's just like, oh, I wonder if Han Solo's going to die as a young man, like <laughs> before he meets Probably anyone else. Probably not. Right. So anyway, there was no like concern about like is Roger going to die here? Like, of course not. It's the middle of the movie, and he's the main character. I bet he's going to be fine. I suppose so. I did think the, you know, we're around the halfway point of the movie. I was still very invested at this point. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of these movies, we hit like dull stretches around here and we have not yet. And uh, now we're escaping in a cartoon car that we, uh, but, you know, they tried they climb into one of the weasels car and try to escape in that. But they already have a cartoon car locked up in the back. So they escape in him. And I don't remember what his name Benny. is. Benny. Benny the Benny. car. Mm-hmm. Benny. Yep. Should have been a jet. There you go um so yeah they escape out of town then you know wacky car chase scene and then they escape and hide out in a movie theater uh and this is where we get some you know real the the real backstory about eddie and his brother 
And Dolores. <clears throat> and Dolores shows up as well, yes. I mean, I was invested at this point, too, like, and throughout the movie. I think this is one where, like, I enjoyed the movie, so I didn't write down a whole lot of notes of, like, I have questions about this, or how the fuck does this make sense, or, like, yeah. you know, this is not one that we're just, you know, going to tear apart. Like, there are things that, you know, we mentioned at the beginning that we would have liked, like, maybe a, a bigger mystery, or or a narrator, because we always suggest a narrator. It's true. But, you know, this is a, a very fun movie, and I just imagine it would have been a whole lot more fun if you were watching it in 1988 than in, you know, 2020. But. Mm-hmm. And we get the backstory here about the brother death and uh he says it happened in toontown and he remembers you know he doesn't know the tune that did it but he remembers seeing burning red eyes and a squeaky high voice and you know that doesn't match up with anything we've seen in the film so far but don't wait or don't wait but (laughs) just wait till the end of the movie it'll come back i promise and uh eddie and dolores have a little moment here where it looks like you know they're pretty sweet on each other but then eddie tells her that she ought to find herself a good man and then dolores says oh eddie i have found myself a good man it's, oh, yeah. it's pretty sweet it is it's nice and then we go back to maroon's office right <laughs> because i don't know the next thing i wrote is valiant lies about having the will roger right. knocked out he lies to maroon saying i have the will but I can't figure out what Maroon's trying to do exactly, because all my notes are like, Maroon made a deal with real estate folks, a.k.a. Doom, in order to give him Toontown, even though Acme owned Toontown, but he got killed. Roger gets knocked out by Jessica. Maroon is about to explain everything, but somebody shoots him through the window. Was that also Jessica? Maroon wanted to sell to Doom, but Doom wouldn't buy unless Acme also sold the Doom, so Maroon was attempting to blackmail Acme into doing that. Now Eddie is having to follow Jessica into Toontown. Everybody got that? <laughs> we reveal that Jessica knocked Roger out to protect him, like protect him by hitting him over the head. Um, but I guess he's a tune. And then she drives off into Toontown and Eddie has no other suspects to follow. So he goes after her and gets to the tunnel to Toontown and is like, oh, well, I, you know, this is a tough moment for him, you know, deciding to go back into Toontown. But then he does and he pulls out his tune gun for the job. Cause he just, what you got from Yosemite Sam? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's getting ready to take a drink, and then he decides not to, and he throws his drink into the air and pulls out the tune gun to shoot it, and uh, pulls out a racially insensitive bullet to do that with. Because <laughs> uh, there's a whole bunch of Old West bullets in there, and, you know, of course there's a Native American one and a headdress and a tomahawk. and There's some familiar voices with those bullets, too. There's the uh, Napoleon was one of them. I got that. Mm-hmm. That are from the Aristocats, yeah, or uh, Sheriff of Nottingham, or any his other various roles we've heard him in. And now we're driving into Toontown, which uh, I like the restraint of holding off on this till the end of the film. We talked about this earlier, but yeah, we definitely treated it like the shark in Jaws, and yeah. like tried to put it off as long as we could because the Toontown is a bonkers ass nightmare. So like we gotta I've build never up to seen that. that movie. Jaws? No. Mm-mm. That has nothing to do with Disney, but I'd love to watch it again because it's a good movie. Never. I mean, I've seen like, you know, Clips. if someone else was watching it and I've like walked through the room when it was on or whatever. So mm-hmm. I know, you know, I can tell you what actors are in it and like that kind of stuff. But right. We're going to need a bigger boat. Obviously. That's that's what I know. It's really entertaining. It holds up even being like close to 50 years old now. So roundabouts, maybe well, 45. Okay. I don't know when it came out. 70s. I don't either. 
So drives into Toontown, and the next thing I wrote was Mickey and Bugs. So I assume <laughs> something else happened. But. I mean, there's a lot of singing and dancing trees and fairies and all kinds of shit looking and smiling at the screen. Um, they go. He goes in an elevator because he thinks he sees Jessica up on a floor, and it's Droopy Dog in the elevator. And when they shoot up, Eddie melts like a tune down to the floor. And I, I like that. I like you know when we get to see real people like forced into doing tune stuff, like at the end of Space Jam when uh, you know MJ stretches out his arm really far because he realizes tune rules apply and he can do whatever he wants. And then he thinks he sees Jessica, but uh oh, it's an ugly girl. So he like. <laughs> dodges her and falls out of the building and as he's falling meets tweety bird when we see and then mickey and bugs yep Mm -hmm. which you know get a small amount of screen time and neither one of them really do much with it so other than hey we're here right they're here to make everyone go oh cool look at them right you're not normally the one with a barking dog no and he's gonna wake she's gonna wake up the boy speed talking (laughs) Uh, then we're down in an alleyway, uh, Jessica fingers Doom, and Doom runs away cackling. <laughs> That's what happened. Yep. We're not talking about a different movie. Basically, Judge Doom is there. He was the guy that shot Maroon earlier and, you know, followed them into Toontown, I guess, and is trying to shoot at Eddie, but then just runs away like an idiot. Like, I don't know why he's here. He's ruining his own plan by appearing here. Come on in here. Shut the fuck up. God damn it. Dad! Dad! Is that what he's doing? Yeah. This morning he got really excited when I came in there. Like, I got to, like, the hallway outside his door and, like, talked to Alexa to tell her to turn on the living room lights. Mm -hmm. And he started going, Dad, 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 (laughs) Dad. That Which, like, fun. it's not like he'd gone a super long time without seeing me, like, but whatever, 8 o'clock. Mm. Da, 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 da. He was pumped. Jamie's new thing is just going, <gasps> and just, like, mouth wide open, just, <gasps> anytime something fun is happening. <laughs> All right, I'll go get him. You, you suck, dog. This is on you. Just because the mailman came. We like him. <laughs> Shut up! Hi, Remy. I know you can't hear me, but I'll keep talking anyway. Do you see Uncle Jake? Uh, uh, Jake. Hey, buddy. Okay, bye. Do you want one of these? He usually does this during my Zoom meetings where he'll take my headphones and listen to. (laughs) Nice. Eventually take both of them. Which is fine with me, because I don't want to listen anyway. So I'm like, sure. I'm just, mm-hmm. They can see he's clearly got both <laughs> of them, and I'm not paying any attention. Yep. But I'm just here so I don't get fired. <laughs> don't get fined. We may have a special guest on the re- second half of this podcast. Yeah. Thanks to my stupid dog. <laughs> dog. Dog. <laughs> so, yeah, so Doom shows up in the alleyway to try to shoot uh, Eddie... And misses and runs away cackling like, I'm clearly the villain. And there's really no reason for him to have followed them over here, but he did. So <laughs> now we have to follow him to the climax. <laughs> We're having the climax after the fingering, so. <laughs> typically, it's typically how that goes down. Um, I don't know about running away <laughs> cackling afterwards, but. 
So we chase him back to L.A. Uh, also, Roger is missing. Um, I don't remember where he ended up. but Well, yeah, because Jessica knocked him out, stuffed him in the trunk. Right, but now Jessica doesn't know where he is either. Because he got out of the trunk. Exactly. So he's, <laughs> so he's missing. Exactly. <laughs> We're going in a circle. <laughs> yeah, but he was in the trunk. Um, so as we drive back into regular town from Toontown, uh, Doom dumps the dip on the road and uh, destroys the tires of the cartoon car. And uh, apparently this is the scene where Jessica's cooch showed up in the original version. I don't know if you read up the trivia on that. I did read about that. Where like, well, I don't even know if it was really like cooch. They just, it was all flesh colored down there. Right. And then, so then they added white and then they were like, well, that's actually weirder. Like, <laughs> right. Let's just not do that at all. Like, I mean, animators be sneaking sexy things into the movies. I'm sure that we've already talked about the priest direction and that kind of stuff. Oh. Aw, thank you. Baby. Baby. <laughs> you're not a baby, you're big. Yeah, you're almost two. Down. You want down? Okay. Since he was asleep, Lauren went to Target. She thought she could do a pickup order without anything falling apart. Who would have guessed? And... <sighs> Mailman. Not sure if ours has come yet or not, but the dogs always bark. Well, she usually only barks if he comes through the door, which is pretty much every day because we stay ordering shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we go to the climax, and I felt like the climax of this film, uh, while entertaining, just took a very long time of like, okay, we got R- Jessica tied up, and then Roger comes in, but he gets tied up too, and there's a joke about a booby trap where the weasels are grabbing around in Jessica's boobs, and like a bear trap gets them. High high comedy stuff here. And then right. Judge Doom reveals his evil plan, which is, you know, a freeway. I want to own Toon Town so I can kill all these tunes and get rid of the tunes and Toon Town and have a freeway and have everybody spend their money on me. <laughs> He's basically Eisenhower. <laughs> That's his plan. The international highway system. Not international, just the national. <laughs> national that would be sweet. It would be. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yes, yeah, so he wants to create a freeway that would go from uh, Hollywood to Pasadena, and then the other characters laugh, like, that's ridiculous, no one would ever drive on that, and then he says shit like, uh, traffic jams will be a thing of the past, which of course they're not, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm grateful to have the interstate system, but, you know, Better they didn't than get nothing. rid of traffic jams, right. But then, you know, we've got all the uh, weasels here with us, they're trying to stick everybody up, and then this is when Eddie realizes, oh wait, they can laugh themselves to death, I've gotta make them laugh. Which I thought this was a fun way to end the movie of just, you know, the super serious guy now has to make all these cartoons laugh. So then you got Bob Hoskins, like, steadfastly refusing to actually sing this song <laughs> where he's just like, I can do funny things and I can stand on my head and yep, but up, but up, but up. But like, there's no action. He's just like gruff talking his whole way through it, which I respect. Right. Which is why if they had gotten one of those other comedians that we talked about, I mean, Bill Murray might still could have worked because he's very grumpy. Yes. But like if they had gotten any other comedian, like the payoff on this wouldn't be as good because like, hey, we're watching the comedian be silly. Like that's what they do, you know, but like watching Harrison Ford or watching Bob uh, Hoskins do this, whatever his name is, Hopkins, Hoskins, Hoskins. Jalapeno, (laughs) whatever. Um like, that's comedy when you're watching the serious guy have to... And it makes sense for the character who's become serious because of what happened to his brother and right. all that. So then the weasels all laugh themselves to death, but then Doom's got his dip machine, which the weasels were running, and then... But then the dip machine, you know, once the weasels die, 
it's just loose and it's gonna take out Roger and Jessica any minute now and we got like 30 scenes where it's like the jet is slowly getting closer to them (laughs) they couldn't possibly escape this oh it's getting even closer now yeah it does go on too long Mm -hmm. and then we keep going from there because like Doom and uh, Eddie have a sword fight and then he gets tied up with a magnet and then he uses a portable hole to escape from the magnets sock he brought me a sock. I don't know mm. why. Um, I don't know if he wanted me to put it on him or who knows. Anyway, yeah, so the last thing I wrote was weasels laughing, laugh to death. So there's a whole lot of scene left, which proves that this goes on for a long time. It's true. It's kind of like, I got it, man. And then, so, you know, Doom gets in a steamroller and it's that backfires horribly because he gets run over by the steamroller and then it's like oh god what a horrible death but wait he's a tune this whole time right so he's immune to death right then he stands up and then his fake eyeballs pop out and he's got big glowing red eyes and his voice gets way high pitched and he's like remember eddie when i killed your brother my voice was just like this and yeah because by the way he was the bad guy that did all the bad shit if you didn't know <laughs> eventually doom gets dipped and everything is fine <laughs> when you stretch this thing out so far like the steamroller could have been a good way to end everything but you know i don't know it just seems like it kept going for a very long time doom dip sounds like some sort of spicy sauce that would be at a, Probably, at a yeah. chicken wing place mm-hmm. like give it try the doom, doom dip. dip yeah cut to if g- you dare guy fieri trying this shit and then we reveal that the will was here all along because it was actually on a love note that roger had written jessica but the will was in the invisible ink that acme had scored it on what's his name earlier eddie because he wrote it for her but then didn't give it to her because he explained that you don't just give people love letters you have to read it to them in person something this you know something this heartfelt you have to tell them in person it's like well then why did you write it down whatever (laughs) it works the plot happened (laughs) um and then yeah we get uh then the steamroll, no, the dip machine crashes through the wall, and then Toontown's just, like, right there, which I didn't realize was a thing, but so it is. And then all the tunes come in, and they're like, oh, Judge Doom's dead, what are we gonna do? And it's like, well, here's the will, You and Acme gave Toontown to the tunes, and you guys have it, and hooray. And that's basically how it ends. If you haven't figured out already, we're distance recording again today, and a fun audio lag thing happened when he said Judge Doom there, and it sort of came out like Judge Judy's dead. Oh, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> why are they celebrating Judge Judy's death? It's messed up. I have no strong feelings one way or the other about Judge Judy. I wouldn't celebrate her death. Like, no. I don't care about her either, but, like, jeez. <laughs> um, and that's pretty much all i wrote down the movie ends there and like i said uh there's a lot of enjoyable things about it i like the overall tone i like the noir stuff i like a lot of the really good one-liners um visually it does still look good um but parts of it are just oddly complex and difficult to follow and you know it doesn't super stand out to me uh after seeing a bunch of movies do this kind of stuff but at the same time you know we get the closing image is uh porky pig doing is that's all folks and then right after that tinkerbell's like floats on screen and does her little disney wand shit and like seeing those back to back was still kind of like oh hey that's cool so right and that was the payoff for the for the whole movie anyway right i mean yeah the the ending could have been improved a lot by speeding it up some like like uh, the Monty Python get on with it thing. Yeah. Like, 
we got it. And like, and it would have made, you know, there's a big reveal at the end that he's a cartoon, but I feel like that could have been a bigger reveal if we built in some mystery and like not made it so obvious that he was the bad guy from the start. Right. Like you need a big reveal at the end of a, of a detective story or a noir story like this. But then like the reveal is kind of silly, I think, you know, which I guess it should be because it's a cartoon, but right. Still, it went on too long, and I lost interest, it, clearly, from my notes. <laughs> yeah, you, know. you can tell. Um, Roger arrives, uh, bungles around, slips on marbles, Valiant tries to keep Weasel's laughing laugh to death. The end. <laughs> yep. Ignore the final ten minutes. <laughs> I mean, did anything happen that I missed? What happened is Disney made a bazillion dollars off of this, and then went, hey, oh, what if we made good movies again? And then, you know... <laughs> that begat Little Mermaid, which begat Beauty and the Beast and shit. I wonder who pitched that. Like, what if we made good movies? <laughs> Son of a bitch, you've got a deal. <laughs> Some guy tried it for years, kept pitching in, like, no, we're making the rescuers, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Fox and the Hound is where it's at. <coughs> Did he pull that out of the trash? Well, no, but like, I don't, maybe Lauren's back, I don't know, but he oh. definitely, either, either she's back or he learned how to get the lid off of them himself. Like, he Way does, to go, like, Remy. He brings us snacks all the, not us snack brings us snacks to give him, him all the time, right. which is handy. Um, but I don't think he can take the lid off, so I'm assuming she she's back just, you know, five minutes after I needed her to be back. It's probably about time to wrap this one up, what with kids waking up and everything. But overall, how'd you feel about the film? I I really enjoyed it. I'm I'm glad we watched it. Um Was it um, the sort of thing you wished you saw younger, you know? Maybe not I wish I had seen it earlier in time though not necessarily okay. if me being younger like gotcha like i was saying like if i could be my age in 1988 like you know that would have been really cool and i would feel you know much more connected to it than i did and as is was like well that's kind of neat and like seeing all these characters is cool and whatever but i didn't feel the whole like nostalgia oh for it yeah right yeah i i feel the same way i did see it you know age 20 maybe and it was still kind of like this is pretty cool but you know it wasn't something i had to just be like oh my god how did i go so long without seeing this it was kind of like yeah okay i saw it you know right and trying to do a longer more in-depth review about it is still just kind of feel like yeah it was a thing i watched it you know it was fun but you know ain't no rescuers down under so (laughs) so anyway audience uh as long as the uh quarantine is is continuing on we're gonna keep trying to get you some bonus content until we can get together to uh do the next canon film so that's gonna be the plan and uh yeah we'll we'll probably start branching off in even weirder directions you know this is barely disney (laughs) maybe we'll just do a total not disney scene you heard our just total rambling edition we did right before this one that's true Um, you might get more of those it just depends on if we got stuff to talk about you know yeah let us know if you're still listening to us like send some comments like we want to hear more parenting stories or we think it's great when you get mad about fast food or you know we think it's great when you just shut the fuck up whatever it is that you like we can do the plan is recording something again next week but we don't know what it is yet so right but it won't be next week for like when it gets released don't like forget that he said next week (laughs) pretend he said soon yeah when's the next episode coming soon what's it gonna be exactly You'll know when we know. Yeah. Don't look for it till you see it coming. It'll get there when it gets there, not a moment sooner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
But until then, if you want to keep up with everything we reviewed, we've got a pretty good back catalog now. Uh, we obviously recommend that you subscribe to us on iTunes or on SoundCloud. Um, we always want to have discussion about these things. Uh, we you know, welcome you to leave a comment or uh, follow us Is on Twitter. Is it still called iTunes? Is it Apple Podcast? Is that a different thing? I'm pretty sure it's the same thing. Follow us okay. on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> With your I don't know. Apple device, Just trying to say what other people say at the end. I don't know the rules I don't of this. Fucking know. We're probably supposed to be on Spotify. I imagine that's the new place to be, but I don't want to do a new thing. <laughs> I've been doing a new thing. Should we tell them about my? Uh, sure. I'm sure you haven't signed any NDA sort of thing. So, so I uh, got bored enough to during this time when I'm not working to uh, create an account on a website where you narrate audiobooks, and uh, you have to like audition for different books and then they let you know how you did and so i uh, got an offer and accepted one and so i'm doing one it's a very long title i won't read here but you have to list your qualifications to do these sort of things and so i definitely wrote this podcast yep. and then lied about how much i knew about how to work audacity <laughs> sure <laughs> like, yeah i've done a podcast since 2016 i know how to edit things i'm totally good at this we're like <laughs> the most i'd ever edited was the one it's in our catalog the one like seven minute quasi rant but not even a good rant where i started out talking about pixar having too many sequels and then saying but they've always done sequels and then just talking for seven minutes um yeah great episode yeah so i'm learning to edit is the point and we'll see maybe that will make things easier for our release schedule you know maybe maybe not he's got his own workload now that might actually pay him so i'm not ready for for two streams of things like i might could edit a thing we did together i'm not ready to like edit your splice and dice <laughs> yep <laughs> well let's wrap this up then because while he's still sleeping i'll go back to splicing and dice in the old episode and maybe i can make some progress <laughs> all right but we'll Yay. see y'all later follow us on twitter at disney dudes pc send us an email dudeswatchdisney at gmail.com and have a good day like and subscribe <laughs> yep i'm jake i'm dustin remy was here too say goodbye yep. remy good <laughs> Sounds just like him. Okay. Yep. Nailed it. Say bye. Bye, Bye, guys. There you go. Bye. Bye. All right. And my my mouse turned off. There we go. My muffler fell out. (laughs) 